What's up, everyone? This is a new episode of Sports Harder. Coming at you live. We're back and better, ready to rumble in the jungle. As usual, I am your host, Natty Lukewarm Ice. And uh, making another great comeback is my co-host for this episode, Chris the Gorilla Binder. How's it going, Chris? Good. What's going on, man? You know, just living the dream and uh, just got done uh, pre-ordering Madden 21. And so excited about that and uh, excited about, uh, you know, playing uh, some Xbox with you on on that and uh, drafting a team to beat you in the Super Bowl instead of just, you know, straight up playing with our normal teams. Uh, Good luck with that, man. (laughs) (laughs) No, number one pick, I'm I'm going to go Lamar and just run the ball every play, even when it's a pass play. I'm just going to run with Lamar. <laughs> He's going to get injured quick, though. Uh, <laughs> that's true. I can't keep any of my players healthy. I don't, I don't know what's up with that. That's a, a curse for some odd reason whenever I'm playing. Alrighty, well, uh, let's get into what we're going to be talking about for this episode. We got uh, some NHL action, a lot of eliminations, uh, so we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about NBA. Uh, right now, I am getting ready to watch the uh, Utah Jazz and the Denver Nuggets. Um, I do believe that series is tied at one one. Let me double check here. Yes, it is. It is tied at one one. How do you, how do you feel about that that series so far? Um, it's about where I called it. It'd be it's going to be a close series. Uh, it's just going to be Gobert stopping Jokic. Like if he can actually defend the perimeter, which is hard for Gobert because he's an interior defender. Um, Utah's got a really good chance at it, but. Gobert in two games hasn't had a double double where he had three of them against Denver in the regular season. So, so they're trying to figure out a way to slow him down, basically, since they couldn't do it during the regular season. Yeah, Mitchell's gone off though. Yeah, and uh, is it Cooley or no Con- Connolly? How do you say his name? Mike Conley. Yeah, he's. Uh, is he returning for this game? I believe he is because he he left the bubble for the birth of his child, and so he had to quarantine for a bit when he came back. Um, I'm not sure if they said he was a go for this game or not. Yeah, they said he's either a go for this game or next game. It just depends. So, well, I mean that just gives him some extra depth on the Jazz bench, you know, to be able to have him in the lineup. I mean. When they got him during the offseason, it kind of gave them a little extra boost for this particular reason in the playoffs. You know, they wanted him for the playoffs because the Jazz keep making the playoffs, but they just can't seem to get out of, like, the first round. Yeah, Rubio was a great passing point guard where Conley is actually a good shooting point guard. Uh, problem is Conley hasn't stepped up and played as well with Jazz as he did with Memphis, you know. Yeah, fair enough. So I mean, 
we'll we'll see how that plays out for them. Um, the other game that was on earlier that is final was the Raptors and the Nets. The Raptors won that game, one hundred and seventeen to ninety two, and Toronto leads the series three to zero. So, do you think that it's just going to be a clean sweep? You think they'll get one more? Um, I think, I think Brooklyn might take one, but the way they're playing, if they play the same way they've been playing the last three games, there's no chance. Like that, none of the games have even been close. Like they've all been blowouts. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it just seems the Raptors are actually almost in a way kind of has they have their like confidence boosted ever since they won, you know. So it's one of those things where now they got the, you know, a title under their belt. They're kind of just like, okay, like, you know, we got this momentum when normally it's the other way around where it's like you have a title and then you kind of go, you know, you get too confident or you get too lackadaisical, you know, and then, you know, you're not able to make it back. But it looks like the Raptors are actually doing like the opposite. Yeah, I think what they're trying to do is prove that, you know, it wasn't Kawhi that let them help them win the championship or it wasn't Kawhi that that caused them to win the championship. They were able to do it. They want to prove that they're able to do it without him. Exactly. And that's, that's great motivation there. Um, another just announced Conley is playing. Oh, he is playing. Okay. Awesome. Well, there you go. So that, that'll actually extra depth for them. But like you said, if he's hasn't really been stepping up like he did when he was with the Grizzlies, then it might not be as big of a payoff. So we'll see if he can actually help them in the playoffs where it counts the most. Right. Um, the other game that will be on tonight is the Celtics and the 76ers. That's at 630. That um, game, Boston is leading 2-0. to zero. So kind of going in the favor of what I said when we were first predicting, you know, that Boston has kind of been on a roll since they've been in this bubble. And you were saying maybe the 76ers were going to take this one. Yeah, um, I'm eating my words on that one. So, (laughs) (laughs) like, the Sixers haven't done anything. Tobias Harris has fallen apart. Joel Embiid really hasn't been much of a factor. The Celtics have found a way to shut him down. You know, Ben Simmons, his shooting is terrible still. (laughs) (laughs) So basically all the the opposite things that you were saying they needed to do to win. They're doing the opposite. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, I mean, it's it's a series for a reason. We'll see what happens. But, I mean, Boston really is on a roll right now in that series. Um. The and then the other the late night game is the Clippers and the Mavericks, and that series is tied at one one. And the Clippers got lucky that they won the first game. Um, there was a lot of terrible calls in that game. There was an ejection of one of the Mavericks players that he didn't need to be ejected for. It was kind of a bogus call. Um, I, I think it was for Porzingis. I think he got ejected. Um, in yeah, game for one, to separate the fight <laughs> for trying to separate the fight. Yeah, so it was kind of odd. the 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 ref the 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 people in that game were just not refing the game very well. It just seems like um, they were making some pretty bogus calls, and it and the Clippers took advantage of that. And you know, and I, I'll hand it to them. Um, but the second game, 
Dallas came back in a fury, uh, probably just because they were so pissed about game one um, that it's a one, one series. Now it's looking like it's going to be more of a series. Like you were saying, um, I was thinking the Clippers were just going to roll them. Yeah. And Doncic is uh, averaging what? 30, 34 points a game. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) yeah, you're, you're not going to, you're not going to stop that. (laughs) No, he's way too good, man. And it's just crazy. You put him on like some other team and it would be like uh, a superpower team, you know, you know, it would be just unfair if he was on, you know, like the Lakers or something like that, or, um, you know, put them, put them with Boston or something like that, you know, just put them with one of those higher up teams than the Mavericks. They would be unstoppable. (laughs) Well, the Mavericks have always been known for having like strong white boys playing. (laughs) (laughs) Now they got Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis. Like, they're, they're competing in a league that white people really don't compete in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, tall guys, too, that can shoot the ball. They're not just there to rebound and play defense. Like, they're big guys that know how to shoot the ball. Yeah. Which was, you know, Dirk, that's exactly the reason why, like, they were able to win a title. Because um, they beat the Heat, wasn't it? Wasn't it the LeBron James Heat team that he that they beat? Yep, they went in, and everybody was saying the Heat were going to sweep them, and they ended up winning. I believe it was either in six or seven, but they ended up winning. Yeah, so, I mean, just crazy if you if you can have a, a superstar like that um, on your team. Um, let's see. Let's look at some of the other series. Um, so tomorrow they're going to have more NBA action. They got the Bucks versus the Magic. That series is tied one to one. I cannot believe that the Magic won a game against them. I I am just baffled. Is it more so just the Bucks weren't taking it as seriously, or they, you know, might be able to give them a little bit of a run for their money? I think the Magic might be able to give them a run for their money because they really do. They play play to the level that they're playing against. So a lot of their losses are to lower-end teams where a lot of their wins are against the higher-end teams. So, like, when they're playing the better teams, they play better. But when, they're, when they play against, like, the lower teams, they're really – they kind of just slack off. So I think they might actually be able to give the Bucks a run for the money. I still think the Bucks are going to win the series overall. Um, but Orlando's going to give them a run. Yeah, I mean, I – I, I was just surprised. I, I thought for sure it would be a sweep. I mean, freaking the Greek freak is one of the top players in the NBA. I would say probably top three. So, you know, you got him on your team. You're always, you always have a chance to win. So that, but as dominant as the Bucks were during the regular season, um, I don't know if, you know, the bubble and, you know, COVID is going to have any, you know, I guess anything to do if, if it stops their momentum, you know, with all the momentum that they had during the regular season. Um, I, I feel like it, it kind of will play a little bit of a role and as well not being able to play like at their home, 
you know, stadium. They'd be playing on their home court if this all wasn't going on. Yeah, for sure. It does take out that home court advantage. Um, the the other game, uh, the other series, we got the Pacers versus the Heat. Um, that the Miami is leading that one two to zero. I mean, we both we both kind of thought that the Heat were going to run away with this series with the Pacers having you know so many injuries, and it's clearly showing right now with them being up two two to zero two zero in the series. Yeah, Butler's been killing it too. So can't take that away from him. He's he's been locking down and he's been just he's been tearing defenses apart. Yeah, I it's just so crazy that he's gone to so many different teams so far in his career. I know it's just because a lot of people say he's difficult to play with cuz you know, he wants to be the guy, he wants to be the leader, you know, he wants the ball in his hands type of thing. But, like, every team that he's gone on so far, he's, like, led them to the playoffs and he's, like, helped them to, you know, go pretty deep. Like, he he carries them on his back. Now, this Heat team, he has a little bit more help than he did on maybe some of the other teams. But um, why do you think it's he's moved around so much already? Uh, I I don't know, like – one could be his attitude, but you don't really hear anything about it, you know. So it's it's hard to say why he's moved around so much. Maybe he just hasn't found his niche, you know. Maybe he hasn't found a place that he's truly been happy in. Like, he was never happy with uh, the Sixers. Um, the team that he was happy with, the Bulls, they just kind of gave up on him and building around him. They were just like, we're going to scrub everything and start from scratch. Um, but, you know, being with – being with Miami is is kind of given him new life and everything kind of showed what he's really capable of. Um, I mean, it's kind of helped that Dragic has stepped up. Even uh, Duncan Robinson, that guy's been insane. He's I'm looking at game two stats. He had he went seven for eight for three pointers. Golly, Ned, that's 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 an insane percentage. Yeah. Gosh, well, yeah, like I said, this Miami team seems like he has more around him to kind of help him out um, with, with, you know, making him into, you know, one of the one of the elite, you know, players in the league. So, um, I mean, I liked him a lot with the Bulls. I was very upset that we ended up like letting him go. Like you said, you know, the Bulls kind of said, you know, we're going to start from scratch and we're going to build from the ground up. Um, But. You know, with Miami, I'm kind of, you know, rooting for him. I hope he, you know, is able to do something and kind of find a place to call home and stick with it. Um, the the other series, the next one, is the Rockets and the Thunder. Um, right now, Houston is leading the series 2-0. to zero. Um, So, OKC, your team, you, you, you kind of know more about them since they're your team. Like, what's, what's going on with that series? They're they're just not playing to potential. Um, uh, Chris Paul, Danilo Gallinari, they've they've both came out in press conferences and said that they're like, you know, we need to step up. We need to do something. Stephen Adams hasn't really stepped up. Um, of course, you know the it, it's. I think they'll turn it around. Um, like I like I said in the in 
our predictions. I really think this is going to go to seven games. Um, but I think I think OKC can pull it out as long as they they play together as a team and play hard and just kind of sh- learn to shut down James Harden. Let Westbrook shoot the ball. He misses a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of pick your poison sometimes with that, whether you're trying to shut down Harden or Westbrook, you know, when it comes to that. Um, Harden's used to kind of carrying a team in the playoffs. Um, they kind of make it all all about him and center, center everything around him. Um I mean, 2-0, I mean, if OKC really wants to make this a series, the the next game is kind of a must-win when it comes to that because, I mean, you're going to lose all kinds of momentum if you're down 3-0 to zero in a series. So, yeah, um, I think they'll take the next two. The next two? Wow. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll have to see what happens there. I – I, I don't know. I, I, I said Houston was going to win this one. So, I mean, I'm still kind of sticking by that. I, they usually can get out of the first round, but after that, it's, you know, they, they usually can't get any farther mm-hmm. after that. Um, and then the other series, which I know you're excited about is the Lakers and the trailblazers. Um, that series is tied one to one. And kind of like you said, you know, the blazers, uh, with uh, Damian Lillard, you know, able to kind of give them uh, a little bit of an edge. And I totally forgot until I was watching them play the other day that Carmelo Anthony is on the Blazers as well. So, I mean, you know, some people are saying that, you know, he doesn't really have it anymore, but I think he's still one of the great shooting uh, players, like, you know, in the NBA. Um, How do you feel about the series being at 1-1 so far? Um, it's about what I expected. So I, I, I think this game's going to push to six, uh, or the series is going to push to six. Um, you know, Charles Barkley actually said that the Blazers were going to sweep the Lakers. That, that's not possible with the firepower that the Lakers have, but <laughs> I, I really think, um, yeah, I, I knew Carmelo was on the team, but I, he really hasn't been a huge aspect to the team it's mostly been Damian Lillard but it's nice that Damian Lillard has that that go-to with both Mello and uh, CJ McCollum to where if teams are trying to shut him down because he's still going to get his points he's still going to get 25 25 28 points a game you know Um, but if they start shutting him down to where he's down around like the 20 range. He's got those guys that he can kick the ball to and he can trust that they're going to put the ball in too. Yeah. Cause I mean, right now Lillard's been averaging about 30 points a game. So, I mean, like you said, they're able to get it down more towards like the 20, you know, point mark, then it will like help them out when it comes to that. I thought the Lakers with, you know, how much, of a role they were on in the momentum they had being in the bubble, even with it being the Blazers, you know, cause we didn't know if it was going to be the Blazers or uh, Memphis that I thought either team was just going to get steamrolled by the Lakers just because of all the firepower that they have and everything. So I'm surprised it's one, one right now and maybe it'll help wait wake up the Lakers a little bit and kind of let them know, Hey, you know, even though we're the number one seed, you know, we're not 
invincible. You know, it's the playoffs, and now we got to kind of, you know, put up or shut up for that. Yeah. Um, let's see. I think that was the last series because I think we talked about all the other ones. So yeah, I think that was that was it for all the matchups in in the NBA and how that's been going so far. Um, it's um, it, it's interesting with with everything with it being in the bubble and and how that's been going so far. I mean, it's nice to have like NBA going on and, and sports to be going on. But I feel like the NBA is kind of, it's been less interesting having fans and having like home court stuff. I don't know. Um, I, I just, I just feel like something's been missing with like watching it here recently. It doesn't feel like the playoffs to me. I, I don't know. It doesn't feel like the players have as much passion because they don't have fans that they're playing in front of. So the games actually seem a lot slower. Like, well, I'm I'm watching the Jazz Nuggets game, and it's just it just seems like they're moving slower. It seems like they're they're more like, ah, eh, whatever. We'll we'll throw the ball up. Like they're actually trying, but they're not playing as hard as you see in front of fans. You know? Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot, uh, at least for me personally, I would think you know, there's probably plenty of other fans out there that feel this way too. That you know, in the jazz game, like you said, we were just watching, like they threw like an alley-oop up to uh, Donovan Mitchell and he slammed it like hard. And he kind of just like walked away after that. Like if you're playing in front of fans, like he would be flexing or like, you know, doing something like, you know, ah, like, you know, yelling like something to show like, yeah, like raw emotion. Like, you know, we just had that big play. Like, let's keep it going. But he kind of just he just slammed it down and then just went back on defense. You know, there was no drawing, there was no you know flexing or anything like that. I feel like there's more like almost like taunting or you know like talking back and forth and stuff like that when it comes to like doing that kind of stuff in front of the fans. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, that's that's just one thing that that I miss when it comes to that. Um. So let's uh, let's uh, swing over to NHL. Um, a lot of series have been uh, completed, but for today, there's two potential elimination games. The first one's at seven o'clock today. The Flyers and the Canadians. Um, the Flyers could end the series if they get a win. If Canadians win, then they're going to uh, force a game seven. Um, the the other game is the Blues and the Canucks. So the Canucks are up in that series three to two. They potentially can end the series as well. Or the defending uh, Stanley Cup champs could force a uh, game seven. Um, those those have uh, you know been interesting. They they've been uh, going back and forth a lot in in those games. Hockey, I almost feel like like you said like the speed of the NBA not having it and the passion not having it. I feel like I've been enjoying watching hockey more because they're actually treating it like playoff hockey. Like there's a lot of hard hits and there's a lot of like fighting and like tussling and stuff like that. Um, I'm not sure if you've been able to watch any hockey recently or not. 
Um, not really. I, I did watch part of the the last uh, Islanders Capitals game yesterday because I had to see if I, if the Islanders had finished it off. You know, because I, I kind of called that. But <laughs> um, oh, you gotta rub that in a little bit. Just be like, oh yeah, Maddie Ice. You know, he's a Capitals fan. You know, it's just you know <laughs> twist that wound a little bit more. Yep, I have to know that. No, um. <laughs> But I mean, even even watching it, like you, you notice that the passion really hasn't gone out. But you know, I've I've watched a little hockey here and there in the past and everything, and there's not as much fan interaction in hockey as there is in basketball. You know, it's it's basically on the same level as the NFL. They're out there, they do their they do their stuff. You know, they're not really interacting with the fans as much. Um, they're more focused on. Hey, I'm going to stop this other team. They're they're more focused on the defense and the offensive side rather than let's get the fan into the crowd let, or let's get the crowd into the game. Let's let's hype them up. Let's get them loud to mess with the other team. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Um, well, uh, like you were saying, the the Capitals Islanders series is finished. Um, the Islanders. Uh, win the series four to one. Um, they they beat the Capitals four to zero yesterday, like you were saying. Um, the Caps just didn't didn't play very good defense at all. That the whole entire series, uh, I don't know what was going on. If it was because of the bubble or because of like the restart, but um, a lot of people were trying to put a lot of it on the goalie Holpe, but it wasn't really Holpe's fault. Like he had a pretty decent series. A lot of the goals that happened against Holpe were because they didn't clear the puck or Holpe would stop it and it would deflect off of them and then they wouldn't clear it. And then they, the Islanders would get the deflection off of Holpe and, you know, hit it into an open net or, you know, something like that there. The, the defense was just not there. And then, you know, the first couple games as well, the Caps would be up 2-0, to zero, you know, 1-0 to zero or whatever it may be. And then we would kind of slack off, and then the Islanders would come and score four straight goals, you know. So not not the Capitals' year this year, unfortunately. Um, Holpe is a free agent. He could potentially be going to another team. I you know, as a fan, I would I, I want to keep Holpe. Um, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, Holpe was interviewed afterwards, saying that you know he's not sure if he's going to stay a Capital or not. So um, we'll, we'll see how the off season treats us. Um, the other game that finished yesterday too was uh, Dallas versus uh, the Flames, and Dallas ends up winning the series four to two. Um, so they they move on and they eliminate uh, the the flames. Um, the Tampa Bay Lightning eliminates the Blue Jackets. They win their series four to one. Um, the Boston Bruins eliminate the Hurricanes. They win their series four to one. Um, Colorado man stomping the Coyotes seven to one, and they advance four to one in their series. I'm telling you right now, Colorado's been blowing out every team that they've played. They're the number one seed or number two seed, something like that. So, you know, 
I keep keep an eye on the Avalanche. I I, I think they they have a good chance of uh, making it to the Stanley Cup. So um, watch out for them. Um, oh, they're going against Dallas in round two. So I mean, that should be a good. This should be a good series. I mean, they're already they're already up one zero, but um, yeah, Dallas is they've been blowing people out too. Oh yeah, yeah they they they've been putting it on people, um, and as well the the Vegas Knights win their series four to one against the Blackhawks, um, another team in the West. Man, I I could see it being Colorado and Vegas for the Western Finals. To be honest, I I just don't see anybody stopping either of those two teams. Um, and then if it is between Colorado and Vegas. That that's going to be an awesome series to to watch. I've never understood the concept of hockey in the desert. Like, how how does that work? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm rooting for Vegas, but I I, I, I don't understand that. <laughs> no, no, I I feel you. I I, I got you on that. Um. Yeah, you, you don't you don't think uh, you know desert. You don't think hockey. That's for sure. <laughs> you think you think uh, you know Canada. That's the first thing I think of when I think of hockey is Canada. So, <laughs> yep. Um, so let's see. I think that was. I think that's all. Yeah, that's all the series. Um, all the games are going on with with that. Um, I think if both of the series games end tonight like if they close out um you know then then we'll we'll know better for uh you know what's to come after that um because i'm trying to look at the future matchups but it's not it's not showing me well it looks like vegas would get the winner of the blues and canucks okay and then the I'm not quite sure who the Islanders would get. Are they going to get either the Flyers or the Canadians? That's what I'm thinking because I think it's going to be Tampa Bay and Boston. Well, if if it is them to Tampa Bay and Boston, um, that'll be an interesting series. I never root for any any Boston team ever. So I mean, I'll be rooting for for Tampa. I mean, I don't like Tampa either, just because they've always been a rival with the Caps. But I'd rather I'd rather see Tampa win than a Boston team. <laughs> I I always root against any any Boston team. Same here. Absolutely. See, that that's why we're friends. That's that's why you get me. You understand. <laughs> like you know. <laughs> I I'm just glad that. You know, Melanie the felony is not a Boston fan of anything. Like that would have been a deal breaker, you know, while we were dating. I I, I just would have been like, nope, sorry, we can't make it work. You're you're a Boston fan. Yeah, no, no Boston fan here, man. <laughs> Do you want to chime in, Mel? No, okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> You you can jump in anytime you want. Say what say whatever you want. Do you want to talk about the Caps losing? No. Okay. 
Okay. Mel, Mel, the only comeback Mel has to the Caps losing is that, well, at least we outlasted the Penguins. That's the only thing she has. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> right? I know. Like, man, so, so mean of her. Um, alrighty. Well, uh, let's, uh, let's take a look then. Um, I'm trying to go over to, uh, baseball here. Um, for, for baseball, the only major stuff that I saw that was going on was, um, Steven Strasburg, the pitcher for, um, the Washington Nationals, uh, says that his throwing, wrist uh may potentially have like carpal tunnel and he has to have like surgery so he could be out for the rest of the season um i mean the nationals are you know kind of struggling already as is i with having their best pitcher out potentially for the rest of the season um i think that kind of would put you know a fork in their season that they would probably be done yeah probably the other the other big news that I've seen is the uh, Tampa Bay Rays have like gone on a tear and passed the Yankees for first place in the AL East. Yes, you are right about that. They're at seventeen and nine, and the Yankees are at sixteen and nine. Um, because Tampa Bay nine and one, nine and one in the last ten. Nine and one. Wow. Yeah, because, I mean, they played – they had a series against the Yankees, and I think that's why they pulled ahead of them because they were able to to beat them a couple times. Um, yeah, they beat the Yankees yesterday 10-5. to um, And then they beat them on Wednesday 4-2. to So, I mean, they've basically taken all – yeah, and then uh, Tuesday they – Tampa Bay beat them six to three. So yeah, they they've just been tearing up the Yankees playing against them in this series. Yeah, so, they, they came out of nowhere because if I remember right, last time we we had the podcast, like it was Yankees, then Orioles, then I think it was like the Blue Jays or the Rays, like they were kind of close to each other. And then the Rays like jumped from like either third or fourth all the way up to first place. Yeah, and having getting on a hot streak with this short of a season is going to help any team like to be able to get in for sure. Um, that now is kind of the time with a shortened season to be able to get on a hot streak and kind of stay on it. You know, when it comes to that. Um. Let's see the so yeah, like you said, Tampa Bay's in first right now. Uh, New York's in second. Toronto's in third, and then Baltimore dropped down to to fourth. Unfortunately, um, Baltimore's kind of gone on a losing uh, skid here recently. Um, the you know Baltimore does that to me almost every year. They like you know they they win a couple games in a row, and I'm like, yeah, maybe we'll do something this year, and then they just go on this massive losing streak. <laughs> You need to be like me and just understand that your team is not going to go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, you you are correct. I I had I I had such like 
high hopes the one year when we made it to the um we made it to the AL uh championship series and I was just like man yeah like finally you know I put in my dues for being an Orioles fan and us sucking so much for so long that now it's being made up to me by us being in the AL you know uh, uh championship game and then we ended up losing and I was just like man that was our best shot of going to the World Series and the Mariners haven't been to the playoffs since Griffey since Ken Griffey, yeah. <laughs> and now he's, um, he's retired and in the Hall of Fame. And I'm like, this is terrible. <laughs> my, my team is officially the worst team in the American League right now. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, they they are. You are correct with that. I mean, they're kind of with Boston, though. Boston only has one less loss than you guys. So, I mean, Boston's kind of down there, too. Yeah. Same with the Angels, but still. Worst team in the AL. <laughs> um, in the Central, it looks like um, the Twins are doing really good. They're at 17-9. and nine. Cleveland's trying to keep up with them at 16-9. and nine, And Chicago White Sox are at 15-11. and 11. Um, So all those are kind of – they're all, you know, within one or two games of each other, so that's close. Yeah. Um, Real quick, that just ended the first quarter. So Utah's up twenty-five to fourteen against the Nuggets after one quarter. So uh, they're up by Utah up by ten points. Oh, sorry, eleven twenty-five to fourteen. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we'll keep everyone uh, up to date with how that game's going as it progresses. Um, let's see in the AL West. The A's, Oakland is uh, putting a hurting. They got at 18 and 8, so they're doing really good. Um, Houston is under them at 15 and 10, and then the Texans at 10 and 14. Yeah, um, Texas Rangers, not Texans. That's football, bud. But uh, <laughs> no, what, what's strange <laughs> is seeing the Astros, their last 10, they're 9 and 1 right now, which means I think teams kind of quit the whole beanball on the Astros. They've kind of let up on that. <laughs> I, I I think that needs to stay a thing all year. Don't, <laughs> don't let them win nine out of ten games. Like that, that's just going to put them back in the playoffs and prove that they didn't need to cheat to be able to win. <clears throat> yeah, that's true. I'd rather see them miss the playoffs this year, um, and I think basically everyone would. I mean. I would say maybe the only ones that wouldn't are Houston fans, but they, I don't even think Houston fans are happy with the team, you know, just because after the whole cheating thing, I think a lot of people are just like, yeah, we're not really fans anymore. (laughs) At least I would, if my team was caught cheating, I'd be like, yeah, I'm done with you. Yeah. I, I would not root for a team that cheats. Like I'd be kind of pissed off if my team cheated. Um, if, <clears throat> when we move over to the National League, looks like Atlanta is up in the East at fourteen and eleven. Miami's still in second at nine and nine. Um, you know they still have games that they got to make up, and then uh, the Mets uh, at twelve and fourteen. Um, and then, like we were mentioning before, with the Nationals, they're all they're in fourth place at nine and twelve. Well, they're kind of tied for. 
fourth place because they're tied with Philly at nine and twelve. Um, the defending champs are going to have a big hole to dig out of if they if they keep this up. Um, and then we go over to the Central Chicago at sixteen and eight. Um, St. Louis at seven and seven. Um, I think they, St. Louis still has some games to make up. Um, and then Milwaukee at 11 and 12. But it looks like, you know, Chicago, you know, the Cubs are kind of dominating the Central right now. Um, I mean, I kind of predicted they, when they won the World Series, uh, you know, two or three years ago, I think it was. They everyone said, you know, this team has a chance to be able to go back and win another World Series because they had all such young players. They had a lot of young players on their team, but they just haven't been able to get it done again. Um, do you think they still have a chance with the players that they have? Yeah, I, I do. So kind of the reason that after they won the World Series, they kind of fell apart was they lost like three of their main pitchers. They lost their closing pitcher. Um, the dude that throws like 109 miles an hour. Yeah. Lost him to the Yankees. I can't remember his name, but dude was like insane. And then they lost two of their, their starting rotation pitchers, you know, not, not any of their, it, it wasn't their top pitcher, but they lost two of their starting rotation pitchers as well. So that's kind of why they went, on a downslope the last couple of years, but then they've actually picked up a couple of good pitchers this year. And I, I think they, they do have a good chance of coming back into it. You know? Yeah. It was uh, um, Chapman or all this Chapman. Is yeah. Who it was. yeah. He, yeah. Like you said, he was the one, the closing pitcher that would throw like over a hundred miles per hour, basically fastball. <laughs> Yeah, I think his fastest one that was clocked was 109 miles an hour. Oh my gosh, that's that's crazy. <laughs> like that, that's just that's too fast, man. <laughs> yeah, that's just like ridiculous. Like, even if you like somehow hit the ball and it went foul, like I would be surprised that you could even like your eyes could keep up with being able to hit it. I mean, what do you do? Just like as soon as his hand like goes back, you just start swinging, you know, before it even leaves his hand. <laughs> it's pretty close to that. Like the, the average bat speed of like a power hitter is about 99 miles an hour. So there's a 10 mile an hour difference there. So you have to be able to time it like basically before it clears the the pitcher's mound completely so it like i've played baseball hitting a fastball is is not an easy feat and like i don't know being able to see like those baseball players do it's just insane yeah yeah i just you know the you know the the whole um well let me let me let me do the last West uh, standings, and then I can kind of get your opinion about something with that. Um, so the West uh, in the NL, it ends with the Dodgers are in first right now at 19 and 8, which we all know is probably how it's going to end. And then um, San Diego at 15 and 12, and Colorado at 13 and 12 um, with that standing. But the Dodgers kind of just 
doing their thing like they normally do. Like we, it's kind of a broken record whenever we talk about the NL West. Um, but yeah, some I was gonna get your opinion on. So you know, everyone always says for um, you know the Baseball Hall of Fame and stuff like that, like Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire and all those you know hitters, famous hitters that you know were were not on steroids. You know, I mean, I I assumed that they probably were, but um, you know, a lot of people say they don't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame because of that, but like you said, it's, it's hard to hit, you know, a baseball going that fast, whether you're on steroids or not, you still have to see it and time it and swing it the right way to be able to get that ball to go over the fence. And in my opinion, you've probably heard me talk about this on the podcast before. I feel like they should get into the hall of fame just because it is hard. One of the hardest things to do in sports is hit a, a baseball out of the park. Um, but I just think they should have, some type of asterisk or some type of thing saying this was done during the steroid era, you know, point out that it, it, it did, it was a thing and it did happen. Like how, how do you feel about that? So I have mixed emotions about it. So Barry Bonds before steroids was, was one of the most prolific hitters in the in Major League Baseball, like in the history of Major League Baseball, he was up there with Tony Gwynn. Uh, had the lifetime average over three hundred. You know, not not very many people actually have that. That's when, when people say three hundred, they don't realize that you're hitting thirty percent of the times that you're up to bat. It means if you go to bat three times in a game, you got one hit. That that's yeah. really not a lot. Yeah. Well, it's so you're averaging 162 hits a season, you know, if you, if you get three bats a game, some, some people of course get four or five bats a game, depending on how the team does. But yeah. even then, like you, you're not, there's no possible way really for somebody to get a thousand hits in a game where in basketball, somebody can get 2000 points in a season, you know, uh, that's what I mean. Season, not game, but being able to hit a ball without cheating like the Astros did. Um, I just have to throw that in there, but <laughs> yeah. you know, not, not having somebody there telling the pitches. So you have to pay attention to the pitchers. You have to watch the pitchers. You have to watch for little ticks that they do to try to determine what pitch they're going to throw. Um, you have to, you, you have like a fraction of a second to determine is the ball going right? Is it going left? Is it going down? Is it going up? Where do I need to put my bat? That is the diameter of the baseball to be able to connect, to get a hit and also be able to get the ball where I want it to go. I, there, there's so much in baseball that it, to me, it is the most complicated sport that there is for a hitter. Yeah. Now, being able to have those kind of hits, steroids, all it is is, okay, you're stronger, so you can hit the ball farther. That's really all that did. That didn't, that didn't separate, like, how many hits they were getting or how well they were actually connecting with the ball. They, 
you you could take all the steroids in the world you want. You could be as big as like the strongmen in the strongmen competitions and still not be able to hit a ball because you can't time it or or figure out where the ball is or see where the ball is in time for one of the major league pitchers. You know, it it, it takes skill with or without steroids. Yeah. So I I don't think that steroids really took away from the game. I I, I hate to say this because it's controversial, but I think <laughs> steroids made the game more fun because it allowed for more home runs and it got more people interested. Well, yeah, the the battle, you know, for the most home runs in a season between Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire was like one of the most watched like competitions of all time, like for baseball, that was probably their highest ratings they've ever had when they were trying to see, well, who is going to get the record first? Is it going to be Mark McGuire? Is it going to be Sammy Sosa? Like I remember as a kid, like listening to those games, like on the radio or on the computer, just to see if, you know, cause we wouldn't get the channel for it you know, to see if Mark McGuire or Sammy Sosa was going to break the record that day, you know, when they were getting close to it. So yeah. I agree. It made it more fun and more people tuned in and paid attention because they wanted to see who was going to break the record at that time. Um, but you you skipped over the Hall of Fame part. Do you think that they should still get into the Hall of Fame? <laughs> that, that's, that's the hard part. Um, honestly, I think you need to look at more stats than just home runs to get them in the Hall of Fame. Look at their what is their their batting average. Look at their OPS. Look at you know how well the team did. Were were they productive with the team? So like Mike Trout, of course, he's a shoe in for the Hall of Fame, even though the Angels suck. He's he's kind of been the reason that the Angels have done well in the past. You know, yeah. before that, they weren't. They were just as terrible as they are now. Um, it, it's it's a hard. That is probably one of the hardest questions: is if they should be in the Hall of Fame, based strictly on their home runs. No, but if you if you base it on all of their other stats, then yeah, I think Bonds should be in the in the Hall of Fame. McGuire and Sosa. Not really so much because they didn't have the stats that Bonds had. You know, Bonds was a prolific hitter, not just a home run hitter. Yeah. Well, there you go. So um, you don't think that there should be any type of like, <laughs> like asterisks or things saying like, hey, like, you know, Barry Bonds, you know, may have done steroids or done steroids or something like that if he got in. Because, I mean, I feel like, the voters are getting like younger and the younger voters for the hall of fame are, you know, giving more votes to those type of people. They're not getting enough votes to get in, but they went from like getting zero votes to now, you know, Barry Bonds and people like that have been getting a couple votes, you know, they get a couple votes more every year. So, I mean, do you think at some point, you know, the voters will get young enough that they will be like, they'll eventually get enough votes to get in? I think eventually they might. Um, I think it's going to be a long time. So, like, how we see with the NFL, we see 
with the NFL Hall of Fame, we see players and coaches from like the 40s, 50s, and 60s that are getting in now, you know, 50, 60 years later. I, I honestly think that it's going to be something like that, where it's going to be probably 30, 40, 50 years down the road before they actually get in. But eventually they'll be in because, you know, they, McGuire will be in because he, he broke Roger Maris's, like, what was it? 35 year record or something like that or 40 year record but bonds will get in strictly because he was a he was a great hitter he's not going to get in based on oh he beat hank aaron's record or he ended up beating mcguire's record because those those records have asterisks behind them because of the steroids yeah yeah I i think that's the problem is the the hall of fame committee is looking too much at Oh, he hit all these home runs and he did it while on steroids, so we can't let him in. Why not look at the other stats before he was on steroids? Like Barry Bonds was a Hall of Fame Hall of Fame player before the steroids. Yeah, yeah. Mm, man, that's awesome. Well, that's cool to 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 get another opinion, another another look at that because. Like you said, it's always a controversial topic, you know, um, just because a lot of people are, you know, the older voters are just like, well, they cheated, so they don't deserve to get in type of thing, um, which I can understand from that angle. But, uh, you know, the other angle of looking at, like you said, the ac- accomplishments that they did are it's still hard to do even, you know, while being on steroids. So, um, all right. Awesome. Well. That was that was uh, that was really cool. Be able to get into to that topic and talk about that for a little bit. Um, let's uh, gloss over the the UFC fight real quick, the pay per view from last week, and then um, we'll get into the NFL. Um, so the the two big fights, the co main event and the main event, um, were very interesting for for UFC. Uh, last weekend because the the co-main event the undefeated um guy oh god what was Sean O'Malley. yeah there we go thank you sean o'malley he they were saying he maybe had a prior injury coming into it um he started off with some leg kicks and then he like went in for another kick and his foot just bent totally the wrong way and he went down. He tried to get back up, but you could tell he was like wobbling on it. And of course, the other guy, you know, took advantage of it and, you know, went after that that leg and he went down and then he finished him off with punches. And I don't know, they made it like the other guy just dominated Sean O'Malley and like, oh my gosh, like, you know, he 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 won he won the fight and blah blah blah. I don't think fighters should be able to get a win when the other person gets injured during the match. Like that guy didn't do anything to make Sean O'Malley twist his ankle the wrong way. Like, like he didn't cause that to happen. I could see maybe if he blocked a kick and it injured him or he kicked Sean O'Malley and injured him. But no, that was just, he literally was just walking and his foot bent the wrong way. Um, I mean, how how do you feel about about that when it comes to like getting a win from like an injury, basically? So I think if it's a bad enough injury, they should honestly just call the fight and 
and like if it's not an injury caused by the fight. So like you step wrong or something or you're trying to get set and you, you buckle your knee or something, you know, you're just done. Like there's no way to come back from that and continue fighting. Um, or you, you twist your ankle. I think Sean O'Malley actually sprained his ankle when he stepped. Like it didn't, it wasn't an actual fracture. Um, but something like that, they should honestly like stop the fight and say, look, we'll have to redo this fight at another date. Like you need to heal. You can't, you can't fight injured like that. Like it's, it's a sanctioned fight. Now, if it was a fight in the streets, that's a little different. But <laughs> man up and fight. Like, but this is a sanctioned fight. These fighters are getting paid based on their records. They're getting title shots based on their records. And to lose a fight because you, you step wrong and you break your ankle, like, or you sprain your ankle. Like, how is that an actual fair fight? That that's the whole point of the UFC. It, it is a fair fight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, I totally agree with that, a hundred percent. You know, I w- I was quite upset with it. Um, I was watching it with uh, with uh, Mel, and she she can attest to how much I was complaining after that fight was over. I couldn't stop complaining because they were treating it like the other guy had done something to win the fight, and I was just like, no, like he he didn't do anything to win that fight other than take advantage of. Sean O'Malley getting injured, you know, and it it just bugged the crap out of me. Um, And now Sean O'Malley doesn't have an undefeated record anymore, um, which, like you said, they base rankings and title fights and stuff like that on on records. Um, You know, the next title fight coming up next month, the the champion at middleweight is undefeated and the guy that he's facing is undefeated. So they are promoting this as two undefeateds fighting each other. You know, like records matter in the UFC. Um, For betting, you know, when people are betting on the fights, like it has a lot to do with it. So like you said, a lot of people can lose out on a lot of money just betting on that Sean O'Malley fight just because of him, you know, getting injured and that happening. So, um yeah, I, def- I definitely uh, agree with that. Um, and then the championship fight was the heavyweight championship, uh, Stipe versus uh, Daniel Cormier. Um, Before we get into that, though, I just want to – one of the fights, the Rosenstruck versus Dos Santos fight. Yes. Like, I think it's time for Dos Santos to retire. Like, he, he got tore apart. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure I, I think I said that the last podcast we had, right? I said that I feel like he just needs to retire. Yeah, he did. <laughs> point point proven with what happened, like you said. <laughs> like like it was it was it was not good. He he has a weak chin, you know. I mean, it's it's unfortunate but true. Like he's he's just gotten knocked out too many times now that he can't take a good punch anymore. So, um, but yeah, going on to the DC fight. Um, so DC, they, when they were fighting, you know, DC tried to go for a takedown in the first round and I was like, all right, like DC is going to try to, you know, utilize his wrestling this time. That's good. Um, he, wasn't successful with it. I mean, he tried it. He tried it like the one time 
Um, and then there was like an accidental eye poke that DC did to Stipe. Um, then uh, the rounds kept on going on. They both kept it standing. You know, there really wasn't much going on. Um, Stipe kept on keeping him up against the cage. He would just take DC and clinch with him and push him up against the cage and just keep him there, basically. Um, you know, and then uh, um, DC then does, or no, sorry, Stipe then gives a extreme hardcore eye poke where like they showed in, in the slow-mo and the replay and the eye pokes that Stipe gave to DC like literally rippled his eye. It was so bad. Um, DC got mad because the ref didn't see it. The ref said, no, it was like a punch. You know, he didn't see it. DC was furious with the ref afterwards. Of course, the ref says, you know, I watched the replay and yeah, I missed it. Like I was in the wrong. Um, but D- DC said he couldn't see out of his eye. He was basically like blinded for the last like two or three rounds, the last two or three rounds. He couldn't see out of that eye. Um, but it goes to de- 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 decision. Sorry. And Stipe still retains. Um, DC was like furious afterwards in the interview. He was cussing up a storm about the eye poke and everything. Um, basically said he's probably done. You know, he, DC is going to retire and he's done with fighting. Um, do you think, you know, he has a good case with the eye poke that was what like, you know, helped g- give Stipe the edge or what do you think about that? I think the problem is it's going to end up pulling in something along the lines of instant replay with in the UFC. That's not something that I really want to see, but you know, it, I don't think he has a good case because it, it's a fight. If the ref doesn't see it, he doesn't see it. It's not like the ref was on payroll for anybody other than UFC. Um, you know, the, the ref's human. He's not going to see everything. You know, so it, it might end up coming down to something along those lines of, hey, he did an illegal move and he poked my eye. So the ref stops the fight for him and it doesn't instant replay and goes, yep, he did. You're disqualified. Well, usually they take like a point away. Like they'll be like a one point is deducted from steep yep. is what they would have done, you know, and what, one point. They, for a DQ, though? What was it? Wasn't that one almost bad enough for a DQ? Um, it could have been if they, if the doctor came in and determined that DC couldn't fight anymore with it because of it, if the doctor like stopped it, then it would have been a doctor stoppage. Um, but again, Stipe wouldn't have lost, you know, it just would have been a doctor stoppage. So, um, you know, the UFC, uh, you know, has some interesting rules when it comes to that. Um, I, you know, the, like you said, it could, you know, maybe get to a point like that. Um, I know UFC always complains about the judges' decisions, you know, when it goes all five rounds or all three rounds and the judges decide who won. Even, you know, Dana White complains, you know, our judges made a mistake or our judges didn't pick the right fighter to win that won that fight. So, With so Dana White. Get rid of. Maybe they should get rid of the the scoring because they score it like a boxing match, and it's not a boxing match. <laughs> yeah, I mean, true. Unless you get takedowns, and then takedowns are you know 
you score big, you know, a lot of points if you get a takedown. Um, I've seen fights where the other fighter was getting the hell beat out of him, but he got like, you know, five takedowns or six takedowns and he ended up winning just because he got, you know, so many takedowns. So, I mean, just the ju- the scoring in general is kind of wacky and Dana White complains all the time about the scoring. I just feel like, you know, he's the president, he's the UFC president, like he should have some say in trying to like fix these problems, <laughs> like, you know, do something about it. If you're, if you're the president and you're complaining about it. Yeah. The problem is like UFC has gotten so big that being the president, he still has to go to a board, you know, to get approval on any kind of rule change. And like, I, th- I think the board is, I, I think they're going to lean more towards like trying to keep it still fair. And even though the scoring may seem to be off, maybe they need to relook at that, but um, it's going to have to be a board decision. It's not a decision that Dana, Dana White can just make on his own. Yeah, true. I don't know. I just feel like he has a little bit more say and pull, you know, um, to get things going at least, you know, to at least like start something. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe he had more pull when the, when the, the brothers that originally started it owned it. I mean, they sold, they sold it obviously. So maybe he doesn't have as much pull as he did before. Um, but it just, it just seems like he could step up and say something, you know, all right. Well, uh, all right. That was, that was fun covering that. Um, let's let's uh, finish off today's uh, podcast, today's episode with uh, the NFL um, and what's been going on with that. Um, I just need to pull up our Facebook page because we had a couple people comment on the the Facebook page with uh, some of the things that have been uh, happening here recently that we posted. Um, let's start with the Washington football team appointing Jason Wright. He's a former football player as team president. Um, he is the first African-American to be president of an NFL team. Um, do you think this is more of like a PR move for Washington or – you know, they are like trying to, you know, set the way or set the standard for trying to, you know, have more uh, African-Americans involved in, in the like higher ups. I, I, I think it's more towards like they're trying to set a standard basically and, you know, allow or get more African-American representation and higher office points in the NFL. Um, But with all the stuff that Washington has gone through, it's really going to be looked at as a PR move, um, even though it may not. Even though what? Even though it may not be a PR move on their part, it may actually be, you know, he was the best man for the job. So that's who they brought in. But of course, with all the crap that Washington has gone through, it's just going to be looked at as a PR move. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping it's kind of just the start of something, um, hopefully to, to come for that. Um, I know the NFL recently hired someone to be a, uh, how was it phrased? It was like a, 
not an ethic ethics coordinator. It was something for the NFL basically to start having a, a person represent the NFL for um, African Americans, basically to to help um, to get them to 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 talk about more social issues and to to get more social issues brought up in the NFL. Um, I'm just trying to remember what they phrased it as. I'm trying to look it up. Um, do you remember seeing anything about that? Uh, I, I haven't, honestly. Gosh, I know, I know that I had seen it, but now it's kind of, uh, going away from me. Um, it looks like real quick halftime Denver is down 42 to 59 against the jazz. The jazz had, over a 20 point lead there for a while. Um, they were kind of laying it on the, uh, the nuggets there. It just seems like they, they had their number a lot there, especially on the inside. They kept on feeding Colbert like all the time. Like he had so many points on, on inside the paint for, for that quarter. (laughs) Yeah. They, they, I think they were up like, 53 to 26 at one point. <laughs> yeah, and they, they kind of just let them come back a little bit there. But, yeah, they were laying it on them hard there for for a while. Um, I can't, Maybe I'll be able to find it later, but I know that that had popped up, and I, I thought that was kind of more like a, a PR move, too, to try for the NFL to be like, hey, you know, we're trying to lead the way in having – you know, uh, so social injustice things like uh, be taking place, um, you know, in the NFL to try to try to prevent that more from from happening. Um, gosh, I have to find it somewhere. Um, the other the other thing uh, that I posted on the. Uh, Facebook uh, Sports Harder uh-huh. podcast page was um, they announced the new Monday Night Football team. It's going to be Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, and Lewis Riddick. So they got rid of all the people from last year. <laughs> like they they didn't bring back any of the people they had last year um, on the Monday Night Football team. Um, do you think that was that was a good move to have just all new people? <laughs> Um, it, uh, it's to be seen, like, I don't know when, when they brought in Jason Witten as one of the like TV analysts and announcers on games and stuff like that was a huge mistake. Um, so, I mean, it, it could be a mistake, but it could be really big for Monday night football. Uh, it's going to be a little weird, you know, having different people, uh, broadcasting all the games and stuff, but. Yeah, it, it could be good. Um, we had Matt Klein uh, comment about it. He said, a lot of knowledge there. It's been a joke since that comedian was broadcasting. <laughs> yeah. Um, quite quite true. Um, haven't had very many good Monday Night Football people. I was excited because they said that um, – who was it? Um, Peyton Manning potentially was going to do it. And I was kind of excited about that because I wanted to see how he would do as a commentator. Um, 
I thought maybe he could do a really good job with it, uh, but in, instead they they uh, decide against it. I know Peyton Manning was saying that he wanted to do some type of broadcasting with his brother Eli, so it would be Peyton and Eli in the same booth. Do you, do you think that would be a, a good combo, a commentary, not necessarily for Monday Night Football, but just in general? Sure. Peyton yelling Omaha and Eli just standing there quiet. That might work. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh, the pain man just like you know if you if you look right here, if he just would have uh, changed the play and said Omaha, maybe they could have gotten that play to work. But you know he went away from that, so didn't didn't work out so well for him. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, just when I was like, oh, yeah, it'd be good to have Peyton Manning. You're just like, oh, yeah, you just sit there and yell Omaha all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's definitely he's definitely a football mind. Like, guy, Peyton Manning has a lot of knowledge about the game. So, I mean, he'd be good as a broadcaster. I think he'd be better as a coach, though. Oh, yeah, he would definitely be a good coach as well, for sure. Um. Yeah, I, I I could see him see him doing that or being like a quarterback coach or something like that. Um, let me see here. Well, I couldn't find what I was looking for. I tried to find it, but <laughs> wasn't wasn't able to to find the thing that I had seen for that. And maybe it'll come up again at a at a different time. <laughs> um. Let's see, I'm trying to trying to think. I don't think there has been um, any more real NFL news that I can think of that's uh, come up um, uh, for like any anything big. Is there anything that you've that you know of? Um, well, I know Ron Rivera. He was diagnosed with cancer. Um, coach of the Redskins, but he says it's not a big deal, and he's still going to coach. Wow, man. Well, I hope I hope it ends up not being that big of a deal then, depending on what type of cancer he has. Um, yeah, I hope he's like, able to work through it. It's like squ- squamous cell cancer, something like that. Well, good for him. I mean, I know that uh, I know that sports and work or just working in general can help out with with cancer. Um, I mean, the, the running back for the Steelers had cancer when he was in college and he still played every game, even with having his chemo. Um, and he was able to, to beat it. So, um, being out there and working and continuing to do your normal stuff, I think has, has a, um, a healing effect has a, like it helps you mentally to be able to overcome what you have to do to beat cancer. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think that's about, about it for, for everything for NFL. We're just, oh, the other major thing that I want to talk about for NFL before we end the, the episode, um, teams, uh, announce their capacities that they're going to be doing for fans at the stadiums. Um, a lot of teams are going to be at 20% capacity, um, uh, I know the New York teams have all decided that they will not have any fans. Same, um, 
Same with Vegas, the Raiders. Yeah, I saw that the owner said he's not going to go to the games either because yep. the fans are not able to go. So well, What he said was because uh, the NFL forced the whole first eight row rule where the first eight rows are going to be flagged off for advertising and stuff like that. Fans can't be on the first eight rows. Um, so Mark Davis actually said, well, if some of my fans can't go, then none of my fans can't go. And I'm a fan, so that means I'm not going either. There you go. Exactly. And that kind of sucks with having a brand new stadium, you know? Yeah. Um, I know the Rams are talking about with their brand new stadium, maybe having uh, 20% capacity. Uh, with 20% capacity, I don't understand how they're going to divvy up tickets for that. I feel like almost when it comes to that, it's like just season ticket holders. I would think would be the only ones that could get in, you know, because it's like you've already promised season ticket holders tickets, you know, because they've, they've bought them. I know some teams are reimbursing season ticket holders, obviously, but um, I just don't, I just don't see how they're going to manage selling tickets at 20% capacity. Yeah, I, I, I'm at a loss on it too. So I, I think they should just go no fans. Yeah, I mean, it would be it would be hard having that. Um, football, I feel like, is another sport that just needs to have fans. Um, I mean, some stadiums are known where you have to game plan around fan noise. I mean, you go into you know the New Orleans Saints stadium and you have to plan for fan noise. Now teams are going in there and they're like, well, it's not going to be loud. So we don't have to worry about a snap count or anything like that. You know, Yeah. Um, uh, it'll just be interesting. I know some teams have said that they will put off not having fans for a certain amount of time. Um, You know, maybe for like a couple months or the first three games, first four games, whatever it is. And some teams have said that they are hoping that COVID will lighten up, that they will be able to then allow more fans to, to be in, you know. Um, so hopefully hopefully that's the case and that's what happens, you know, if COVID starts lightening up, then they can um, allow more fans to be in the stadiums and then we'll see more packed houses for it. Um my wonder is if the NFL is going to allow them to pump in crowd noise because it's always been a thing where, you know, teams have gotten in trouble for pumping in crowd noise. Um, I, I, heard, I, heard, I, I heard that the NFL is considering it. I saw that in a, um, a, a news article the other day that they are in discussions with the owners about allowing crowd noise to be pumped in. I mean, that, that would make it a little more realistic. Of course, don't put it at the decibel level of like the Seahawks, the Saints, and the Chiefs because that's just ridiculous. But, (laughs) you know, pump in some crowd noise to give the players, you know, the feeling of there's a crowd even though there isn't one. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that would be a a good idea for that. Um, So, yeah, we'll see. And, um, you know, with football starting, you know, we'll, you know, once it gets closer, we'll talk more fantasy football. I think the next episode 
we'll we'll talk more fantasy football than actual football news unless something major happens. Uh, so get prepared for that and uh, get ready to uh, discuss, you know, who your dark horses are and, uh, you know, who's going to be at the top of the leaderboard for, uh, for fantasy football. Perfect. Awesome. Well, uh, as always, I uh, appreciate you uh, coming on and uh, being the co-host um, for our little fan group that we do have, <laughs> the, the, like five people that listen. Uh, Chris is going to be our uh, long-term co-host for a while because um, uh, David, uh, with his new job, might be out for a little while. So uh, Chris is going to be filling in for us. So uh, some uh, some exciting change for a while. Hope hope you're ready for it, Chris. Yeah, I'm definitely ready for it. I'm excited uh, to be part of it, you know, and try to help grow the fan base a little bit too. I've tried, I've been listening to you since day one, been trying to push you out too. Um, <laughs> hopefully David will come back soon too and we could have a three-way phrasing. But... <laughs> oh, Mel would be upset about that. She she doesn't like my bromances that I have already. So but if I add more bros into the bromance, it'll just make her even more mad. Uh, she can record it. <laughs> <laughs> she's, uh, she's got a new job. She's got a new duty that she has to do. <laughs> um, all right. Awesome. Well, as always, we'll, we'll end with, uh, saying, uh, you know, where you can find us, uh, definitely go to our Facebook. Like we mentioned, excuse me, leave comments, uh, you know, like Matt Klein did, so we can give you a shout out, uh, sports harder podcast page on Facebook. Uh, check us out on Instagram at sports under, underscore harder underscore podcast. Uh, Twitter, we're at sports harder P or sports harder P capital S capital P. Um, uh, and uh, of course, you can uh, listen to us on Anchor, Spotify, um, Apple Podcast, all the major podcast uh, providers. Um, we got 12 listens for our past episode. That's the highest that we've had in a while. Um, you know, double digits is good. So we want to keep up, uh, having those, uh, double digit numbers. Um, so share with your friends, loved ones, anybody that's a sports fan, really just let them know about it and, uh, you know, let them know where they can listen to it. Um, so until, uh, next week, we will catch you guys on the flip side. Later. Peace.